Election Night 2020 has passed. What have we learned? Find out on this week's Random Thoughts. And welcome to episode number 212 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and there was no red wave. Everybody ready? Let that sink in. There was no red wave. The machine that told us all of the polls and all of the data coming up to this election as usual not so accurate which i don't know why we still listen to them why we still believe them but there are some things i believe we can take away from this election cycle which the media coverage as we mentioned very briefly last episode because we didn't want to talk about politics but today on the day after the election no red wave People have been shocked and awed. We need to talk a little bit again about the fact that the mainstream media coverage about the Republicans vastly, vastly negative. So when you look at the results and you try to decipher how this can happen, that's what I want to talk about today because there's more elections to come and i think one thing this election maybe has shown us is that there is still some integrity to the system that we're not seeing anything that is quite out of left field what we're seeing is a populace of a country that is pretty much disconnected from reality and from understanding why the major factors that affect their lives, like how much it costs to fill up a tank of gas and how much it costs to buy groceries every week for your family, how those things are affected by what the people in your state government do and what the people in Washington, D.C. do. I think a lot of people are still totally disconnected with that and i don't know who is still watching the mainstream media i don't know who sits around and watches it doesn't matter to me either if it's fox news or cnn or msnbc i'm guessing the only people that sit around and watch news coverage from the mainstream are probably older than myself so 50 and older easily i don't know any uh 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds that are obsessed with watching the mainstream news or even know that it exists because we get our media coverage in a completely different way in 2022 than we did back in 1984. Yeah, that's a year to pick just because, you know, Orwell. But the reality is we have to understand how people get their information and how it affects them. And I think the Elon Musk thing, 
by taking over Twitter is going to be something that will affect the next election cycle. I mean, it wasn't done early enough to affect this one because it was literally just days ago. But I think what we're going to see moving forward is that he who controls the social media has the most control overall. And Twitter has a bigger effect on the voting, I believe, than the mainstream media, which is completely negative. And up until now, social media has been going out of their way to silence anybody that dare to disagree with the chosen party, which is the Democrats, for whatever reason. And I think that may change moving down the line uh, when we get into the next presidential election, which is going to be an interesting one. Donald Trump was on the blaze yesterday during the election coverage with Glenn Beck and said that he's going to have an announcement within a week. And he thinks everybody's going to be happy about it. So I believe that Donald Trump is going to run again. I believe that with like 99% certainty at this point. Although his biggest, well, only competition from the Republicans would be Ron DeSantis, who had a blowout of epic proportions in Florida yesterday, even turning Miami-Dade County for the Republicans, which Florida was an interesting little Petri dish. And it's going to be interesting to see if this can spread across more of the nation. This, if you're waking up and wondering how the Republicans didn't just totally destroy the Democrats in this election. If you're really depressed that the red wave didn't happen. The Florida situation should give you some hope that not everybody that lives in this country is a complete disconnected moron. Although there are a lot of those. I've been trying to figure out exactly how many people went out to vote. And here in Illinois, at least it appears that about 50% or so of people of the eligible voting age went out to the polls. I mean, I know Chicago, a lot of dead people vote, so it's skewed. But it's always interesting to see that number because that number is the most important number of all how many people are engaged and then you ask yourself well who's engaged and who's not this is the big debate if you're out there trying to get people out to the polls well are the people that aren't voting are they going to vote your way or are they going to vote the other way and i don't believe that well you know the 50 percent that show up to vote represent the other 50 percent. i don't believe that for a moment Now, I don't know what those other 50% would do if they got into the voting booth and had to make their choice, but I would like to know because I think a lot of people are just so apathetic that that my vote's not going to matter. Well, those are usually the ones that are like, things really suck right now, but what good is my vote going to do? We need more engagement, but we also need more people to understand the political system, which as we've covered on this show, there's been some man on the street 
interviews, and I know they pick and choose. But there were people when asked, well, who did we gain independence from as a nation? Back in 1776, they're like, ah, Mexico, maybe Canada. So if they don't know that, you expect them to understand the political process and how things are done in this country and why their vote actually matters and could change something. And I don't know what you have to do to get people interested in politics. Everybody is lost in cyberspace. Everybody's just looking at their phone all day long. They're scrolling up and down, not really paying attention to the world around them. And I would think financial hardship would be one of the main things that would get people off of the sidelines and paying attention to what's going on. Financial hardship, filling up your gas tank and going, wow, that's a lot. That's an extra zero. Same thing, going to the grocery store. Wow, wait, you know, I normally spent 100 bucks a week on groceries. Now it's uh, 180. Why is that? And what I guess we're getting at this point is not enough people have let that sink in. Too many people believe the headlines and the sound bites and the lies from people like Joey who are like, no, inflation's bad everywhere. It's better here. We're like the best country in inflation. But then, you know, if you do the homework and you see there's like 20, 40, 50 countries who have a lower inflation rate, you see that what Joey is saying is a lie, but the media won't call him on it because the media from the mainstream is in the pocket of that candidate and social media is still a worthless cesspool when it comes to trying to get accurate information. I mean, I applaud Elon Musk saying that he would like to make Twitter the most accurate platform of information in the universe. It's not that easy. It is not that easy when you have a group that will lie to muddy the waters. And this is always going to be the way it is. It doesn't matter which group you're talking about, which actual topic you're talking about. There's always going to be one group on one side, one group on the other. And trying to get accurate information, very hard to do. What you really have to hope is that the citizens of the country have enough brain power, and I know that's a big ask, and have enough intelligence to be able to think about an issue and come to a logical conclusion. That's not what we have. And that's never what we're going to have, I don't believe. I think we are way too far down the rabbit hole. Emotional bias is way too strong. I've mentioned that multiple times on the show. Emotional bias, way too strong. If you can get somebody on your side emotionally, meaning not just giving them facts and figures, even if they can't be refuted, if you can get somebody riled up and passionate and believing your side of the story, then they will go out and do a lot more to help push whatever you want 
than any facts and figures could. So I don't really know what the answer is there. The Republicans had that in Donald Trump, which is why Donald Trump won. He struck the emotional cord and got himself the presidency of the United States. Now there's a, a different ball game going on. There's a different ball game. And Donald Trump went through years of hell just because he was Donald Trump. And the other side was so afraid of him, they did whatever they could to try to squash what he wanted to do. And right now, the question is for the Republican Party, what is going to be the route out of 2022? Ron DeSantis, very, very strong in Florida. He's turning a state that was purple, as they say, very much red. And the question is, can he do that throughout the rest of the country? And is he a better candidate to do that than Donald Trump? And the only argument at this point seems to be, well, does the rest of the nation, once you get out of Florida, do they know Ron DeSantis? Do they know Ron DeSantis, name recognition, like they know Donald Trump? And the answer to that is no. Not as much, but I think Ron DeSantis has a much greater reach than a lot of people would give him credit for. Was watching a YouTube video of a guy named Peter Santangelo or something like that. If I messed up his name, I apologize. That goes out to different parts of the world and shows his viewers a little bit of what life is like there. Well, he went to an island up in Alaska, that you had to get special permission to get onto. It's all native run. And when he was asking one of the guys there about how life was, politics, all this, and he made a comment about, like, Florida, and he's like, oh, yeah, Ron DeSantis. And I was amazed that out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, a place that is very disconnected, from the rest of the world, definitely from the rest of the United States, were well aware of who Ron DeSantis was. So while he may not have the reach and the name recognition that Donald Trump does, I think Ron DeSantis would probably be a better front runner for the Republican Party moving forward because he brings a lot of the same issues when it comes to the politics that Donald Trump does, but he doesn't bring the issues of the personality of the absolute hatred that the left will spew out for Donald Trump. But I think that'll change pretty quickly too. Once DeSantis is the clear front runner, if you go back and look at what George Bush, the younger went through, it wasn't all that much different than what Donald Trump went through. He was an idiot. He's a moron. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then he was a he was an evil genius. The left goes through the same playbook over and over and over again. And I think the things, if you really want to change what's going on in this country, more than telling people how to vote, you should really be trying to encourage everybody who has the legal right to do so to go out and vote 
because that's not what happens. I mean, presidential elections even don't get anywhere near a majority of the people in the country that are eligible to vote to vote. It's like in the 60s or 70s, which I know is a majority, but there's a lot of people left on the sidelines that could be casting their votes that just are not doing so. And a lot of people will make the case that they're so disconnected, they don't know what they're talking about. And a lot of people themselves will make that argument, which is why I'm not going to go out and vote because I have no idea who the politicians are. I have no idea what the platforms are they are running on. We have the internet. Everybody has one of them little spy device phones with them probably right now. At least a vast, vast majority do. Well, that's where you learn about the candidates. That's where you learn about the politics. Get away from all of the negative ads. I don't know if I saw any positive ads this cycle. I don't know if I saw one ad that was like, hey, I'm this person and I'm running and here's what I'm going to do to make your life better. No. Each and every ad that you see is, well, my opponent is X and they're horrible. They're the devil. Don't vote for them because they're going to steal your children. Although some people might want their kids stolen. I don't know. But the ads are all negative, And I don't see that changing in the short term either because I guess negative ads work. But this is where the social media aspect will come in moving forward to the next election. At least I believe so. With the Elon takeover of Twitter, if it does, and we don't know, we still have to wait and see. But if this does turn into a more free speech zone where, God forbid, those horrible Republicans are allowed to make comments and they're not immediately taken down or flagged as lies, then I think we get a little bit more discourse. And I think people begin to understand that what we have going on now is a fight for the country. What pain we are feeling right now in our wallets and in our bank accounts, that pain has been caused by one of the parties. Now, Donald Trump spent way too much money, but Joe Biden's making him look like an amateur with the spending that has been going on, you know, to to reduce inflation. Let's keep spending to reduce inflation. The insanity of that should sink in and any rational person should be able to figure out why that is such a load of garbage. If your household budget, you know, if your checking account is down to zero and your credit cards are maxed out, does anybody sit down and go, you know what? I'm going to spend myself out of this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend so much money that I'm going to turn this around. No, because that would be insanity. That would make zero sense. But that is exactly the story that the Democrats have been selling. The media has been going along with it. And for whatever reason, the voters of this country are still asleep. And. The red wave did not show up. Not only did the red wave not show up, we're sitting here fairly late into the morning, the day after the election, and we are still unsure 
who is going to control the Senate. And at this point, we're still kind of unsure who's going to control the House. Now, this is exactly where we were before this election, which is why I don't think people should be running out and saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling. It's a metric. It's a metric you should pay attention to. And if you don't like the results of this election, you have two years to get the word out, to educate the people in your neighborhoods, to talk to friends and family about what is going on in the country and why you don't think it's good or why you do think it's good. Either way, have those conversations. Georgia's a very interesting race. We're not going to know the answer to that for a while. And maybe, maybe the Republicans are able to take the House and maybe they're able to get a one-seat advantage in the Senate. The Senate is looking less likely at this point. It may stay at 50-50, which, of course, is a loss for the Republicans because when you're 50-50, the vice president is the tiebreaker, and when the vice president is a brain-dead vegetable like Kamala Harris, well, she's a Democrat. I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself. Of course, she's a Democrat, so she's a brain-dead vegetable. But that is a loss at that point. Now, if they can somehow, there is still the possibility, but the fact that it's this close is depressing a lot of people. There still is the possibility that the Republicans walk away at the end of this, however many days it takes to count all of the votes with control of the House and the Senate. What happens if they don't get the Senate? Not much. What happens if they don't get the House or the Senate? Yeah, that's bad. But the numbers are still looking like they're going to get the House. And if they get the House, then the question is, what is the roadmap moving forward for the Republicans in the House? Do they immediately go after the president and his son, Hunter? Is there an impeachment immediately of Joe Biden? I think at the very least, there is a major investigation into Hunter Biden, and maybe rightfully there should be, because politics has been made personal, and it's really easy to be like, well, no, let's take the high road. Let's try to move away from this. Let's try to steer the country into a better direction. But when you do that and you take the high road and you're enemies win the next time and they take the low road again, you know, you decide maybe, maybe I'm going to take the low road too. Not saying that leads to a good place, but karma, it all comes around the way they have treated the Democrats have treated Donald Trump for six years. You know, the Biden family seems to be a bit more corrupt in my humble opinion than the Trump family, so I think maybe it does require some looking into. But I guess we won't know until the next time we meet here on Random Thoughts exactly the state of the country when it comes to who is controlling the Senate and who is controlling the House. But whatever the results, do not disengage with the system. It is still the best system in the world. 
when you look around and see what is going on in other parts of the world, you should be lucky if you actually live here in the United States of America and you should take the responsibility seriously to get out and vote. And look again at the number of people who stayed home for this election and previous elections way more than would be needed to swing any race. And again, do that little mind exercise. Who do you think those people would have voted for and why? But it turns out there was no voter suppression in Georgia. Stacey Abrams lost. Isn't that amazing? Again, spent, what, over $100 million lost. So that's good. If you're if you're looking for the red wave, you didn't get it, you're feeling a little depressed, remember, Stacey Abrams didn't win. Beto O'Rourke did not win. But AOC did. So, I mean, I don't know what that says. The squad is still in effect. And it's the progressives that people need to be worried about because their vision for this country is well beyond what any Republican's vision is. And I think it's well beyond what most people who consider themselves Democrat to want. And that's the kind of stuff that needs to be brought in, reined in. Everybody thought Donald Trump was way too extreme. I don't know. Again, I don't think Donald Trump was anywhere near as extreme as AOC and Ilan Omar and the rest of the squad. But most people don't pay attention to the specifics and what people want and what they're calling for, the defund the police thing. In New York, it's amazing that the Republican gubernatorial candidate got so close to beating Kathy Hochul. So very close, but still didn't win, which says to me there are more criminals in the state of New York than there are non-criminals. It's the only thing that makes sense. Here in Illinois, J.B. Prisker won big again for governor. I guess people like crime. I hope people are ready for January 1st when the reckoning comes, when the police say, ah, somebody broke into your garage. We can't remove them. We can give them a ticket, but we can't remove them. If you're in Illinois, I bet you there's going to be a lot of people going out and getting some firearms for the holiday season to be ready for what's going to happen on January 1st. Get yourself a gun, learn how to use it get trained, understand, be safe, but then load up on ammo and get ready because you're probably going to need it to protect your family. The crime is only going to get worse as inflation rages on. I mean, you think it's bad when people are just looking at their wallets and going, yeah, I've got a lot less money in here after filling up the tank. I have a lot less money in here after going to the grocery store. What do you think is going to happen when that lost a lot less money is no money? Crime going to go up. So be ready for that. The people that voted for more crime, congratulations. Keep putting the Democrats in control. And really, the only thing I can decipher out of this is a massive ignorance of the American public on what is going on in this country. Because again, all they do, they swipe through Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And oh, look. Barack Obama's dancing on TikTok, and he did. Barack Obama was dancing on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. 
That's so crazy. I'm hitting the microphone. I mean, I can't believe that this is what the world has come to. It is sad, but not all is lost. There is always another day to fight, another day to try to make things better. When you look at the results, this was not a blue wave. That's a good sign because anything could happen in this country. We could have had a blue wave. We walked into this with the Republicans having nothing. And what you're going to walk away with, I think, is the Republicans having control of the House, which is going to be a massive thorn in the side of Joe Biden and his family because it is the House that does things like investigations. They're the ones that'll be like, hey, do we want to impeach? Hey, do we want to investigate Hunter Biden? Let's do this. We've got a couple of years to have a lot of fun by going after the Biden family. And there's still a possibility, depending how Georgia comes out, there's still a possibility that the Republicans do end up getting a one-seat advantage in the Senate. It's not looking great, but the possibility is still there, which would then make life really, really hard on Joe Biden and the Democrats. So even though there was not a sweeping red wave, you don't need the sweeping. It's a hard word to say, too. You don't need that to get your point across. It does not. It's like a baseball game. You don't need to win by 12 runs. You can win on an error in the bottom of the 18th, and that's fine. You do whatever you have to do. If you get the win, you have the win. You don't need to blow the other team out. It would have been nice to get a blowout because a blowout in politics, you then can go out and say you have a referendum. Although the Democrats said that. Biden said that when he won by the slimmest of margins. Well, the American people have spoken. I have now a mandate moving forward. Now that politicians lie. That's the other thing you can take out of any elections. Politicians lie. The people are always seemingly getting the short end of this. So the more engaged you can be, the more you can hold your local politicians' feet to the fire, the better off things are. The no red wave, who are you going to blame? A lot of the people from the Republican side are blaming Donald Trump. I don't buy that. I don't believe that Donald Trump questioning the election kept people from voting. If anything, I would go the other route on that and say, well, that means you need two Republicans to go out to vote for every one that they're going to count. So we need to get out there and vote. I don't believe anything Donald Trump said kept the Republicans from voting. I believe the media coverage was crap and none of the polls had any idea of what was going on. Turnout was about what it normally is, which is just showing an apathy of the American public. And I believe the one thing that may be different over the next two years would be social media. And Elon Musk owned Twitter over two years if there's allowed to be an actual debate. If the Republicans aren't shadow banned and silenced and thrown off the platform, I have a feeling that could have an effect in two years. But we're just going to have to wait to see. 
Donald Trump's going to want to run for president. He was very clear about that yesterday talking to Glenn Beck, but this was before Ron DeSantis absolutely eviscerated everybody down there in Florida. And at this point, if I'm just looking at the numbers, I'm thinking DeSantis and Trump going head to head, DeSantis could have that advantage. Now, if the two of them would ever work together, that could be interesting, but I don't know if that is a possibility. Trump still likes to open up his mouth and take swipes at DeSantis. I don't know why he does it, but I'm sure it's an ego thing. Trump should be a podcaster. If you want a big ego, Mr. Trump, be a podcaster. It's a much better but less lucrative way to go. But it's going to be interesting to watch no matter what. The takeaway is politics is politics. And what we have today is from a Republican side, not all that different than what we had yesterday. If anything, we're going to be better off on the Republican side, on the conservative side than we were yesterday. Just not as big of a win but it seems to be a win nonetheless and what the Senate turns out to be will either make it less of a win or bigger of a win. But that just means, again, you have two years. There's work to be done. Stay engaged. Don't fall asleep. Keep your friends and family's faces out of the mainstream media, out of social media when it comes to politics. And maybe, maybe we can get a better world somewhere on down the line but i want to thank you for hanging out with me for another week letting me get all this stuff off my chest the random thoughts podcast is a value for value podcast which means there's no paywall you get to listen to these shows for free and if you've got some value out of them then it's up to you to go over to randomthoughts.com r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com slash donate You can click the donate button to get a one-time or monthly donation to us through PayPal. You can use the QR codes and wallet addresses to go the crypto route. You can use our P.O. box address in order to go the snail mail route. Your bank will even set up online bill pay for you if you want to send us a monthly donation or a one-time donation. You don't even have to buy an envelope or put a stamp on it. Your bank will do that for you. If you're over on the Patreon thing, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. And if you are part of the podcasting 2.0 movement, you can stream us some Satoshis. You can send a boostagram. If you don't know what all that means, go to newpodcastapps.com. We do have two people to thank for today's show. First and foremost, a brand new monthly supporter, Bill Hoy, coming in with 333, which is the magic number and is very much appreciated. And our buddy, Johnny Hipwell, up from Canada. Also with 333, if everybody would be like you two guys, this show would be in great shape. But I do appreciate everybody that listened to the show, giving me your time, which I know there's a lot of things you could be listening to, but I hope you get some value out of this show. It is a very much off the cuff show. When we say it's random thoughts, we mean they're random thoughts. I never know what each show is going to be until I do the show. And I don't usually do this, but I'm going to read to you in its entirety my notes here for Random Thoughts 212. At the top of my notepad, it says Random Thoughts number 212. And the notes are this. 
no red wave, media coverage, turnout, Trump, Elon Musk, social media. That is the entirety of the notes that we had for this show. Everything else was off the cuff, unscripted, and I hope that makes for a better show. Just me talking to you. You can talk back to me. Go and email me, Darren at randomthoughts.com, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'll say that again. Now that Elon owns it, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. And I'm also Darren O'Neill at noagendasocial.com. If you're in the Mastodon ecosystem, that's where you can find me. Let me know what you dig about these shows, what you don't. If there's something you'd like me to talk about, any questions you have, I look forward to hearing from you. And I look forward to being back with you again next week. Maybe we'll know who is going to control the Senate, although it's probably going to be a runoff in Georgia. But maybe we'll have more information. Maybe we won't. Either way, we're going to have some fun. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 